Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Welcome back to the Dignity Health Arizona Cardinals Training Center. It is the Wolf and Luke show here on a Big Red Monday. And I get that it doesn't feel like such a big Red Monday, more of like a bitter Red Monday here today, Wolf. I tell you. It could be worse. It could be Dallas. See what happened to the Cowboys? Three points, and now Dak is out for, quote, several weeks. Yeah, I did see that right there. By the way, Todd Bowles, way to go, Toddy. Nice job. Shut the door. Just nice job. Cowboys had three points in that game. Uh, All right, but you can't hide from the fact the Cardinals just went 44-21, lost to the Chiefs in a game that didn't even feel that close, which is a phrase I, I typically hate, right? Because if you lose by 23 and the game didn't even feel that close, it's not a great way to start the year, Wolf. It's uh, it's you would think only uphill from here. But where's your level of concern? <laughs> because it is one game. Like, this you know is why, me too. This is why I I'm torn on this. this. Yeah, I know. I hundred percent. I was thinking of you at the end of the game. I was like, this is this is exactly the situation that even though we all hate it, Wolf hates it even more. It is one game. I think a lot of us expected. Like, I'll just tell you what I thought, Wolf. Okay. I expected this team to make the playoffs and lose to Kansas City. Okay. So that's still very much in play. They just didn't look like a playoff team yesterday. You don't have to be as good as Kansas City to make the playoffs, but you got to be a lot better than you were yesterday. Yeah, you know This is really, really hard for me, Bayshonians, because I am a former professional athlete. I understand. Sometimes you go out there and you lay an egg. You, you just lay an egg, and one game you do not build a church on. I refuse to be concerned over one game in week one of the NFL, but Luke... <laughs> I'm concerned over week one of the NFL for the Arizona Cardinals. It was too familiar. Based on, yes, with one significant exception, they they have started 2022 the way they finished 2021. And that one exception for me is Kyler wasn't awful. Kyler was awful in the Rams game, the playoff game. Kyler was bad, and I think Kyler would tell you that, hopefully himself, that he was bad in that game. And he was not alone by any stretch of the imagination. But Kyler, I thought, played okay in this game yesterday. I thought he played okay. As a matter of fact, um, I thought he didn't get a lot of help by anybody out there. Um, But, man, it was so hard to watch this. It looked like the end of 2021 all over again, and that's disconcerting. Yeah, something something's off with the nucleus of this team, and regardless of the fact that they did have a bunch of injuries, and you know that's not their fault. Not not uh, not being as active in the preseason. That's self inflicted. That's a choice. That may not have made a difference. That really might not be an issue. I I hope it was part of the issue, Wolf. Mm-hmm. I, I I tend to believe that. If that were an issue, it was an issue with the offense not really getting going in the first half yesterday. And if you don't get going in the first half against the Chiefs, this is my worry last week, you're going to be down by three scores. And then everything's kind of out the window. So my thought is that maybe not having everybody out there for a few series, just like the Chiefs did in their preseason, maybe held the offense back. 
early. I don't know that it held the defense back. I'm hoping. I'm hoping that was the cause. That'd be great. Uh, I don't think it was certainly 100% of the cause. In fact, Cliff Kingsbury afterwards said he doesn't really think it's any of the cause. They asked him if he had any second thoughts on how he handled the preseason. No, I mean, last year we played one series, I think, or two series in one preseason game um, with the starters, so it wasn't um, anything to do with that. Uh, just, like I said, didn't, didn't play well. And he was not having any of the yeah. potential excuses because they asked him about injuries, too, and he said that's not why this game happened. Yeah. When you lose oh. some dynamic playmakers and some linemen, and um, when you're... Where you're at depth-wise at corner, it's it's not ideal, but that that wasn't why we played so poorly. I mean, we just came out and, like I said, got out, coach got out, played, and, and didn't execute like uh, we're capable of. Yeah, you know, I, I totally get it. What Cliff is saying, he's right on it. Listen, uh, you go back to last year, of course, and how they came out of a training camp that everyone was calling Camp Cupcake as well, correct? Everyone mm-hmm. was calling it Camp Cupcake. They came out and went on a tear in the National Football League, won their first seven games and after 12 weeks they were 10 and 2. We all know what happened. Yet at the same time, I, I will tell you this, Basinonians, that if I was the head coach right now and I suffered these kind of injuries, <laughs> these had all these guys nicked up, guys that were out for this game, when you really didn't have a very physical camp. I do almost everything opposite, the exact opposite of what I did this year based on the fact you had all these injuries coming into week one, and especially how poorly um, the team played overall. I just, for 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 no good reason, I think would go into next training camp and say, we're going to do things differently. Yeah, <laughs> you have to, right? I mean, Cliff has done that in the past where he was, they were not having success after the bye week. And remember last year, he tried to do everything the way Bruce Arians and the Buccaneers have been doing it because they've had success coming out of the bye week. So if they go out there and beat the Raiders and the Rams, which seems <laughs> it seems like a very long shot to beat both of them right now, but we'll see, uh, it, then maybe maybe you don't change anything. But if you start the season 1-2 and two or 0-3, oh yeah, I, I don't know how you can approach it the same way. Two, right? <laughs> I would take 1-2. and two. Honestly, I would have taken you, one and two before yesterday. I, I know. Before I know. yesterday. Absolutely. No doubt about it. You look at their first three opponents right now. You know, I, I think um, I think something that is is still a goal. Uh, I think at least in the Wolfley compound is three and three after six weeks. That's, if in yeah. fact you could get somehow, some way, especially after watching yesterday, if you could get to three and three, man, I'd take that and I'd run like a if, fan. If you could survive without DeAndre Hopkins, that would be surviving. You're three and three. San Francisco looked miserable yesterday. We'll talk about that at some point. The Rams didn't look good on Thursday night, but I, I I don't believe that the Rams have any issues. I think that was just Buffalo. But San Francisco might. They couldn't score on Chicago. And I know that it was like a torrential downpour, and it was windy, and it was Chicago. But, you know, you start 0-2 in San Francisco. When do we see Jimmy G again? Like, the, the yeah. other teams have issues. But, you know, Wolf, we, we bring up how the Cardinals started 10-2 and last year, and they're 1-6 since then. I, I think back to that Steelers team that was 11-0 and in 2020. And they were eleven and zero, and they and they fell apart down the stretch, and they yeah. finished. But that team, when they were eleven and zero, looked like 
they were going to fall apart. At some point in time. The Cardinals didn't look like no. they were going to fall apart when they were 10-2 and two last year. No, I'm totally with you right there. That's that's the most impressive number to me, the 10-2. and two. It wasn't the 7-0. and oh. It wasn't. I mean, you know, that's great. Yeah, there's no doubt about, boy, what a great start. You got off to this hot start. You're going to lose games in the National Football League at some point in time. You are. The 10-2 and two mark, you don't get to 10-2 and two in the NFL unless you're a great team. And they were a great team. What happened? Yeah, that's what three months. happened? Three months of a four-month season. Uh, and answer Only to your question. Only the guys inside that locker room really know. I, I hope that they know. Because <laughs> you're going to have to know to be able to fix it. We come back. Now it's your turn. What was your reaction to the Cardinals' loss to the Chiefs? Give us a call and weigh in at 602-260-9870. Again, 602-260-9870. We'll take some calls next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. All right, Wolf, this seems like a good day to take some calls. Gauge the uh, the concern level and just the general reaction of the Cardinals fan population. So 602-260-9870 is the phone number into the show. We're going to do that right now. We're going to go out to Cody in Tempe to start things off. Cody, you're on the Wolf and Luke Show. Hey, how are you guys doing today? Doing good, up, Cody? Cody. Awesome. Thank you for taking my call. A um, couple things here. Um, I thought the effort was actually there yesterday. I didn't see guys jogging. I think it was a lot of mental errors. Um, you know, there's several factors for the loss, and I think uh, one big contributing loss is that you just didn't have your big, your big guns, your big dogs for the for that fight. And a lot of that I contribute to, uh, you know, Steve Kime forming this roster. Uh, I love J.J. Watt, but you know that it was a risk going after him. Uh, he wasn't on the field. Rondell Moore's got a history of, of injuries since college. And then you look at uh, Mullen. He seems like a decent corner, but you trade it for him knowing he was injured. Um, it just, it, you know, the composing of this roster is, roster is guys that can play but are just, you know, very injury prone, uh, too high of a risk. And then our star backer, Isaiah Simmons, I love him. He's a good kid. But you know what? You need to develop in him in one single role, not in five different roles, one, one single role at outside or middle linebacker. Thank you, guys, and have a good day. Go Cardinals. We'll be back next week. Thanks, Cody. Really appreciate that, Cody. Um, can I just say right now, it really did appear as though the defense was having issues communicating. There seemed to be all sorts of problems getting lined up, um, communicating, I think, in the secondary as well. It seemed like it was an issue. That's about as fundamental as you can get. And I don't know if, in fact, this is the case. I just know that Isaiah Simmons was the guy that had the green dot going in. And again, I don't know if there were issues with the calls and whether or not there there was some type of breakdown in communication. It just seemed like getting lined up was difficult. Yeah, we're going to get into Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins uh, deeper here in, in just a little bit. Now, let's take some more of these calls, though, before we do that. Let's go out to Lauren in Maricopa. Lauren, what's going on? Hey, good morning, guys. How's it going? Hey, uh, I, I just wanted to kind of... Um, give a couple of uh, 
things that I noticed. Uh, one, the last caller kind of took my second point about the about the team and not having the full roster there and, you know, some of the communication breakdowns. But my biggest takeaway from the game yesterday was that Kyler Murray's demeanor wasn't what it was or what we saw at the end of last season and how everybody talked about how, you know, he was, his body language was bad, Mr. Grumpy Cat, you know, standing by himself on the sidelines, not wanting to talk to anybody, but I did notice it just from, you know, from all the shots that I've seen on TV, and, you know, that he was, it looked like he was trying to be engaged, and he just, he looked a lot different, and for me, I think that's probably the biggest thing, is that, you know, we can get as many players in here as we can that are, you know, good, that are, you know, skill level is high, but if you don't have leadership, I think it kind of breaks down a lot faster, and I think Kyler's trying to do that um, this year, and, and I mean, I it made me, even though we lost, you know, Chiefs are a good team. Even though we lost, it still made me feel, you know, I appreciate that Kyler's trying to take that initiative this year. And I think that's going to go a long way. You know, there's a lot of people are talking about, you know, him and, and not being tall enough and, you know, not being able to see the field. But, you know, a lot of it is a lot of the schemes that the other teams run, you know, that type of stuff. But I, I think my biggest takeaway from it yesterday was was that, was Kyler's demeanor, that it's a lot different than from what I saw last season. I've been a fan all my life, you know what I mean? I support this team, whether they're winning by 70 or down by 70, regardless, you know, I'm always going to have that. I'm always going to be you know, optimistic when it comes to, to them and, and the seasons. So, again, that's my point. I appreciate you guys taking my call. Have a good day. All right, thanks, Lord. Look, I mean, there's, there's, there is something to that. Wolf, you and I talked about it a little bit before the show. Actually, if you're looking for any sort of silver lining, bright spot, Kyler Murray, both in his play and demeanor, and I thought his comments after the game, that was. It didn't matter in the moment, but that was better than it was against the Rams the last time we saw the Cardinals play. You know, that is really interesting because that was one of the first things you said about Kyler Murray uh, this morning in our pre-show prep meeting. You were talking about it. I, I didn't notice. I didn't notice his demeanor at all. I was too busy calling again, yeah. obviously, looking on the field. I wasn't looking at Kyler Murray and his demeanor at all. I wasn't watching the television. E- even his post-game comments were more like, Okay, yeah, this is it just it, it feels like he'll be more he's being more intentional about being a leader this year and and I know we always say, well, yeah, anybody can do that after you just go out there and, and you start the season 7 and 0. How do you do it in a bad moment? Well, yesterday was a pretty bad moment and I thought he handled it as well as you can post game. I mean, if if you're clinging to to signs that they can turn this around, it's that and the fact that they were very injured yesterday. Yeah, one's a point, two's a trend, three is a pattern. Well, let's see what happens in Vegas. Let's, uh, what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. So that's well, not all the okay. time. If it's a win, they can bring that back. Uh, let's go to Marcus in Phoenix. Marcus, you're on the Wolf and Luke Show. Hi, guys. Thank you very much for taking my call. Uh, Wolf, you just said it, uh, you know, a pattern. This is a pattern with this team. Um the only difference between the playoff game against the Rams and the game against the Chiefs yesterday is that one was a playoff game and Kyler Murray looked a little bit better yesterday. Cliff continues to run 10 or 11 personnel and he did, when he does run 11 personnel, he spreads the tight end out 
and he doesn't give any offensive lineman any help protection-wise. Sure, maybe a missed chip here and there, and there's a blown assignment, but we should be looking like the Chiefs on offense. You said it earlier in the show, too, that the biggest concern is the offense, and it is that. We knew the defense was going to be suspect, at least. It does look worse. But Cliff is supposed to be an offensive mastermind guru, knows exactly what to do, but they continue to be the definition of insanity. They run the same thing. 10, 11 personnel spread everybody out wide. Let's run read option instead of, you know what? 13 personnel, like what the Chiefs did. Motion. Let's do something different. Let's run the ball with three, two tight ends at the minimum. But they continue to spread it out, run shotgun, and think that, hey, you know what? Doing this over and over again is actually going to keep different results. Same thing with Steve Kime drafting two inside linebackers in the first round, and they get played off the field constantly. I think it starts up in the front office, and it it goes with Cliff, too. He needs to do something different, running 10, 11, and spreading everybody out is not the answer. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thanks, Marcus. Uh, let's try to get one more in here. Let's go to Ray in Phoenix. Ray, what's going on? Hey, guys. Thank you for taking my call. Um, just just to say, like, Wolf, uh, you know, we're saying, man, it kind of sucks buttermilk, you know. Uh, we're at home, you know, trying to regain that home field advantage. I know that's been talked about, you know, how, you know, just crowds come in here. Just, uh, I've seen a column that Dan Bickley put out, you know, kind of referring to Cardinals home stadium like the like the airport, you know. Like, people, come, other fans from other teams, you know, come in and out, you know, more supporting the other teams. So, um, it's a long season. You know, we have 16 more to go. Um, I'm confident that we'll get this thing turned around, but it's definitely um, leaving not such a good taste in our mouth after this first game. But some things that need to be corrected. Um, but I'm, I'm I'm sure that we'll all pull it together. Um, so thank you guys so much for yeah, having me. Appreciate Thanks, that. Ray. I just want to go back to the last caller, um, Marcus. Was it Marcus? Was it Marcus? Yep. Marcus, right there. Listen, one of the great things about Cliff Kingsbury is not only is he really really smart, but he's also very humble. I've said this many many times, and Cliff will make the adjustments. He will. This is something though that's got to happen with everybody in unison. Everyone has got to be lockstep if, in fact, Cliff is going to make adjustments, and he will. You go back to 2019, you look at the first half of that and the second half of that season in 2019, two completely different offenses. Cliff is not dogmatic when it comes to his offense and running his offense. He's trying to put his quarterback in an offense that's his quarterback likes and feels comfortable in because that is one of the things every head coach or offensive coordinator is going to do with their quarterback try to put them in an offense they're comfortable with and that's why he's spreading it out but make no mistake cliff will make those changes thanks for the call sorry we could not get to everybody you can text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now we come back all right let's focus on those two first round picks at linebacker. What did you think of Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons' performance in the loss yesterday? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM Arizona Sports Station. Big Red Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. (laughs) 
Yeah, you heard Sarah just say it right there in her update. We have our exclusive interview with Cliff Kingsbury coming up later in the show today. We do it every week during the NFL season. Had him on last week. Wolf, I thought he told us some good stuff last week. I'm assuming he's not going to be in a great mood. How could you be after the way things went yesterday? This was Cliff post-game in the press conference yesterday, specifically asked about how Isaiah Simmons and Zayvon Collins played. I have to look at the film. I mean, Kelsey's a tough cover. I know he had some wins um, on Isaiah, but he, he has wins on everybody. And here's Isaiah Simmons after the game, specifically on how he felt he did against Kelsey. Oh, my best. Um, you know, week one, I got a long ways to go. You know, I'm a lot better than what I put out there. Um, like I said, you know, it's week one. You know, you don't win. You don't win the Super Bowl. Based off of week one, you know, you don't make your career based off in one game. So, um, you know, I'm just I'm just looking forward to the opportunities I have against some other, you know, great tight ends. Um, credit to Travis Kelsey, very good tight end. Um, a lot of respect for his game. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I feel like there were some plays that I left out there for sure. Yeah, um, you know, when you watch some of the plays, some of the replays as well, uh, Isaiah seemed um, a little bit uh, lost, I would say. Some of his techniques were very poor, and that is something that I think you'll continue to see him hopefully improve and get better on. But it looked like he was trying to play safety a lot of the time, trying to play safety for the very first time with live reps going on around him and at the same time he's got the green dots and trying to communicate with everybody so there were some issues there's no doubt you could see it in the secondary there were a lot of issues I think um, communicating and um, you know I, I think he'll only get better from this point forward yeah. you know I'm, I'm all in on, on Simmons this season and they went right after him especially on that first scoring drive Kelsey scored over him I get that I mean sometimes there's nothing you can do Kelsey and Mahomes look like they've been doing this together for five years because they have been doing this together for five years Uh, but they went after him on the play before that to Juju Smith-Schuster too Simmons is the one that that it was really frustrating to me watching that game yesterday of you're asking this guy to to do everything on defense and on top of everything you're asking him to cover Travis Kelsey and you're asking him to wear the green dot for the first time in an NFL game why didn't he get a couple reps just calling the plays in with the green dot in week two or week three of the preseason? That's the one guy where I was like, you're asking this guy. They're putting him. They're going to put him in good positions to succeed over the course of the season, but I felt like he, more than anybody else, was put in a position to fail yesterday because they were like, here's this and this, and here, now do somebody else's job and do this. And Wolf, I'm looking at the snap count, and I was going over this with you during the break. The corners you had yesterday... Byron Murphy played 100% of the snaps, okay? Because yeah. you don't have any other corners. Not a shock. Um, you had Marco Wilson played 96% of the snaps. Not a shock. The next corner you had in terms of just reps was Jace Whitaker, who played nine snaps, 13%, which means in a league where you typically have three corners out there, you had to move other guys around just to get to three corners for, what, nine, 87% of the game. Yeah, and a lot of the time, that was Jalen Thompson that yeah. was lining up over the slot. Lot and playing the nickel corner position. So then, where the does that put Simmons? And that's and you, now all of a sudden you got Isaiah Simmons playing safety as well. Um, look at it wasn't ideal. We all understand that uh, those two young guys they are critical to the success of this defense going forward. You have to play Zayvon Collins. Zayvon Collins has got to get reps. 
He's got to get experience. For me, once again, and I was saying this in preseason at the time, I, I would have thrown Zavin out there for 40, 45 reps in every preseason game they had. You know, once again, um, not as a punishment to this kid, not as saying, hey, listen, um, you know, we don't believe in you, uh, so we're going to throw you out there and you're going to get reps. Uh, you need the reps. That's, I think, Zavin needed that more than anything else. So, you know, that's why I think right now Zavin is paying the price of not getting a ton of reps in preseason right now. And yet, you got to leave him out there. You have to and hope that he gets better. And I thought as the game went along, I thought Zayvon Collins did get better. Yeah, and he did. For people that are wondering, he played 67 of the 70 defensive snaps yesterday. So Zayvon did play pretty much the entire game. The only guys that played more were Byron Murphy, Jalen Thompson, and uh, Marco and Wilson played as much. He, he actually had some plays he as well. He, he, he made, made some he plays. Made, he, as a matter of fact, the first third down they got off the field, the first one, Zayvon had some nice coverage, actually, and um, did a great job helping the defense get off the field. A guy I had, what, seven tackles yeah. on the game? Now, look, um, you'd love him to be more like 11, 12, maybe Buddha-esque at 13. Buddha at 13 Can tackles. imagine if they just he had just, 11 Buddhas out there? I know. There. I mean, the guy is incredible. It's amazing. You know, you, you offenses that say, block Buddha Baker. Somebody's got to block Buddha Baker. Good luck. Because Buddha's going to make the tackle if you don't block Buddha Baker. The thing with Zavin... And, and Isaiah Simmons, too, is it's a double-edged sword because you're hoping that they're going to get better over the course of the season. I believe they are. I believe Zayvon will get better, too. I, I always say I'm, I'm all in on Isaiah Simmons just because I've seen him do it at the NFL level before. I'm a little worried they're asking him to do too much. Not that I don't think he can ultimately handle it, but this is the other half of the double-edged sword. If you're asking him to do that much and you're you're bringing Zayvon Collins up to speed, yeah, you're going to get better as the season goes, but there's also going to be growing pains. And just the way the schedule works out, Wolf, you have growing pains against the Chiefs. What did Isaiah Simmons say right there? Yeah, I, I did my best, basically. It, it, against some teams, that wouldn't have been exposed. Against the Chiefs, it's going to be exposed. Against the Raiders, how are you going to stop Devontae Adams when you're this beat up in the secondary? How are you going to stop the Rams? Like The way the schedule started and where the Cardinals are in their development – they don't match up very well. Yeah, I think of the I think of the Raiders right now. I just am. I'm thinking of Josh Jacobs, the ability to run the ball. The Raiders have that ability with Josh Jacobs. I think he's one of the more, uh, I, for me at least, he's one of the more physical backs in the National Football League. I love watching him run. They got Darren Waller out there, Devontae Adams, Derek Carr. And they have to win. Yeah. They're in that division, and they've already lost their first game. It's going to be a must-have. So we'll see, uh, but Simmons, I would I would guess Isaiah Simmons would uh, would feel like that wasn't his his best game yesterday. A lot of a lot of players, a lot of good defensive players have have failed against Patrick Mahomes. Be your own harshest critic, and that's one of the things I love about Isaiah. He typically is. Uh, we come back. What do we see from Kyler Murray specifically in that game against Kansas City yesterday? We'll get into that next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on ninety eight seven FM Arizona Sports Station. <laughs> Monday and Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford.
Well, if this is what I've been reduced to is gleefully watching 49ers highlights from yesterday <laughs> where they could only put up 10 points. I get it. Against uh, Chicago. Now, we were we talked about this when they brought back Jimmy G. How long is Trey Lance's leash? It's obviously longer than one game in the rain against Chicago. But uh, they start with Chicago yesterday. They host Seattle this upcoming Sunday. So you have two two of your gimmies, or you know, relative gimmies. Obviously they lost the first one, so they're not gimmies, but two of your easier games to start things off, and then you go to Denver and you host the Rams after that. No bye. And then you kinda Carolina, Atlanta, and then Chiefs Rams before their bye week. So their bye week is week nine, and they have four extremely difficult games, and they've already lost one of their less difficult games. And he didn't yeah, look good at all. He did not look good at all. And again, I don't root against a kid, Trey Lance. Um, I'd like to see him make his way. I'd like to see him play horribly when he plays the Arizona Cardinals. That's fantastic. I've got no problem with that. He's still got that. 10 weeks before but that this game. is a young guy that is trying to make his way in the National Football League. And once again, that's something personal to me. i got no problem with that. But watching him play, watching him, and I got to see an awful lot of the plays. Uh, Dave Pash and myself watching that. Um, that was shocking to me. And the only thought I continued to have was, oh my goodness, we were right in regard to why they signed Jimmy G. They brought back Jimmy G because they knew in their hearts, this Trey Lance thing is not going well. And we better bring him back one more year. Once again, they did not invite him to minicamp. They, they told they didn't Jimmy want G. Him back. They, they told him, don't come in. Don't. Wolf, they gave a guy $2 million to replace him. They gave Nate Sudfeld $2 million to not be Jimmy G. Yes. And then they were like, better better call Jimmy. We better call Jimmy G and bring him back here. Well, they, uh, he definitely got outplayed by Justin Fields yesterday in the rain. Uh, Kyler Murray, after the game, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but Wolf, I'm going to play some of the clips of Kyler talking just, just because I felt like after the game, he sounded... It, we're, we're stretching here for any sort of silver lining. Yesterday was horrible across the board. But Kyler Murray, after the game, to me, sounded different than he would have after a game a year ago at this time, after a loss. Because they started last year with seven straight wins, and yeah, it's easy to talk well after wins. But I thought he sounded like a guy that was is being intentional about being a leader on this team. First, he said, you're going to have to lock in now, and you can't feel yourself in this league. Did I lock in? I think I think it was good for us to, for, for this to happen to us. Um, you know, I, I don't know why or whoever felt good about you know, um, you know. You can't feel yourself in this league. You get you get embarrassed, and that's um, that's kind of like I said, what kind of what happened today. Um, good team over there. Um, they executed. You could tell. You know, there's there's complete difference. Energy was higher, um, and they didn't shoot themselves in the foot. So that's what's going to happen when you do those things. I'm wondering why, though, you know, once again, coming into this game, you would be feeling yourself. I mean, why, why well, would you? He sort um, of sounded like he was wondering it, too. Yeah, exactly. That's that's one of the things I loved from Kyler Murray was the fact that he was questioning that. Why would you come into this game thinking that, you know, hey, listen, you know, we're, we're good. We're going to be good. When you finish the season the way that you did last year, coming into this season and no DeAndre Hopkins once again again, um, just realizing you had so much to prove, and man, I hope that is the pervading, um, I hope that is the mentality going forward. They have so much to prove. You have to adopt 
a prove-it mentality. It starts with your leaders in the locker room. Uh, more from Kyler after the game, talking about too many negative plays for the Cardinals. As far as the offense goes, you know, no turnovers today, which was, you know, good to see. Uh, but again, too many penalties, too many, um, too many negative plays. Um, it's just costly things that cost you when, when you know, when you need it the most. You were playing a team yesterday that you have to be close to perfect to beat. Uh, I, that's why I keep coming back to the preseason stuff. Did they get enough out of it? it and to, you know, we were talking about this two weeks ago. Were the Cardinals getting enough out of the preseason? That's why I'm holding out hope that that was part of the issue on offense yesterday. I go back and watch that game. You can convince me they were missing guys on offense, and that hurt. They obviously were, and that they just didn't look like a team that had played together. Because they really hadn't. They didn't do anything in the preseason. So on offense, you can convince me that those two things were a factor yesterday, and it snowballed because you were down so quickly to the Chiefs. I still am confident this offense will be good as the season goes on. It's the defense that I'm the most concerned about. Uh, Here's one more from Kyler uh, talking about uh, having, despite the injuries, having enough guys out there to still execute. Sport football, we play dangerous games, dangerous sport. Um, you know, I can't control who's, you know, who gets hurt or or what happens. This next man of mentality. Um, obviously, you know, you'd love to have everybody, you know, healthy and, and out there, but that's not the situation. That's not the case. Um, so you gotta, you gotta make, you know, gotta make it work with what you got. And, um, everything that the guys we got out there, I'm perfectly fine with. You know, we have more than enough. We just gotta execute. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, that's what it is. Execute. You hear that all the time. You do. And I know, Basin Orleans, if you're listening to this, you hear it all the time on this show. But it is the truth. Sometimes you got to line up. It's the skulls and not the scheme. It's the skulls. You just got to line up and be better than. This is something we were talking about with Zoe. Last week, you just got to line up and be better than the guy across from you. You have to be able to do that. And that's what execution is all about. Beat your man. Typically, you have a coach screaming at you to beat your man. That's what hard coaching was all about. They demand that you go out and beat your man, even if he's better than you are, even if he's even if he's Aaron Donald, they will demand you beat your man. A coach will do that. Your teammate will do it. Even if you're playing against a superstar, beat your man. That's what they do. They demand it. Now, listen, just because they demand it doesn't mean it's going to happen. <laughs> doesn't mean it's going to happen. But you have to demand that you go out and do your job. And then call plays accordingly based on the fact that you're having a hard time beating your man. But the demand to beat your man never goes away. I have to laugh at this. This is it's it's still on topic. It's a little bit off topic in terms of Kyler. But Vince just retweeted this uh, this thing from Pro Football Focus and. Uh, Care to guess where they had the the performance of Patrick Mahomes graded in Week One among quarterbacks? Not not the number, but just like would you would you have put any quarterbacks ahead of of Patrick Mahomes? Um, considering the fact that he threw for three hundred and sixty yards, um, no. Yeah, they had him uh, eighth among quarterback performances. Stop it. <laughs> Eighth? Yeah, I want to double check that this is like a legit account, but uh, but I think it is. They had Josh Allen grade out number one, and then it went Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, Ryan Tannehill with that big loss to the Giants, Justin Herbert, Jameis Winston, Lamar Jackson, Jalen Hurts, and then you get to Patrick Mahomes. Oh 
my goodness. Sean Mahomes had pretty much a perfect game yesterday. you got to be kidding me right there. And, that is brutal. And I just, yeah, I mean, maybe Once a little again, bit of levity yeah, today. You debase yourself, don't you? <laughs> when you say he was eighth, you debase yourself in your own grading system. Uh, real quick, because we're going to talk to Cliff in the in final hour of the show. I want to hear what he had to say. This is just Cliff, his uh, his assessment of Kyler's performance yesterday. I thought he, he protected the ball well. I thought he moved well, escaped a bunch of uh, possible negative plays. And, and for the most part, you know, um, I thought it went to the right, the right spot with the ball. It was just one of those games we couldn't get a rhythm and um, kept getting off schedule for whatever reason and, and just got behind. And, and that's not a team you want to get behind. Sam with Cliff on that. I really am, man. I, I, he, he said it right there. I, I thought he did a great job, but the, he was under duress and he was moving out of the pocket an awful lot. Sometimes I think he should have stayed in the pocket, okay? But I'm going to give him a little bit because it, once you become conditioned to a pass rush, suddenly it's very, very hard to just keep your eyes on the pass rush when you're trying to read coverage and, and it was, downfield. It was there pretty consistently that pass rush. It's not like he was running all over the place and nobody was back in the backfield. Like they, they were there pretty much all game. You, it, it's hard for me to be too critical of Kyler yesterday. With all that going on, he didn't turn the ball over, and he, he you know, he, he, he was fine. Um, he could have played better. There's no denying that, but he didn't get a lot of help. You would like for what he is and where you drafted him and what he's developing for him to be able to just kind of win you some games. I don't think any one quarterback could have won them that game yesterday, though. Coming up no next, way. we're going to take you through the top stories of the day with Wolf and Down Your Lunch. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station.